and I'm all yours. Not for the money and it's not for the applause. Uh, no. Uh, let's put the noise please. Sex, sex, Hello and welcome to the Juicy Deets NFL Podcast. I am Alex Jensen. With me here, as always, got Zach Dietz, a.k.a. Zach from the Slack. Zach, how are you doing today? I, I, you know, how are you holding up? I know you had uh, two White Claws Saturday night and uh, the whole Slack heard about it. How are you feeling? I'm doing... What's going on, Alex? How are you doing, man? Um, yeah, definitely more than two White Claws. That is a... Uh... Myth that needs to be debunked. I may not be very big, tall, wide, but I I can hold my liquor. But I'm holding up a lot better after Saturday than after yesterday's Giants debacle. But oh no! At this point, I'm too numb. It's I'm just waiting for the shoe to drop. That's how I feel as a UW fan. There's just like can't hurt me anymore. Like <laughs> nothing yeah, I mean, left. You really can't. Like you broke my heart too many times. You could not actually, that if you, not that if I, you retain John Donovan, you will hurt me physically. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't even. I mean, the podcast would probably get canceled if Dave Gettleman's retained because I'd be doing like hard time in like county jail. <laughs> Some rage induced incident. I don't know. I'm taking your phone call, but it's going to be just audio. <laughs> Zach live, live. Uh, hopefully, it doesn't go. Dark days, dark days ahead. But for now, we're still coming to you live, Juicy Deeds Podcast. What we want to do today is we put together some preseason predictions that we were hoping to get to before the season started, did not have the time to get it done before the season started. And we thought we'd just kind of fun now that we're officially a little over a third of the way through the season, at least a third of the way, to kind of look back really quickly and just, you know, See where we're geniuses, mainly geniuses, and uh, maybe a couple we can poke fun at ourselves and just kind of put out what we had, uh, didn't get to release, and go through how it looks now, then kind of take a look forward as to what we think the NFL season is going to play out like. On that note, Zach, your AFC predictions from before the season started, what do you got? I mean, looking at what I had written down, Alex, I feel pretty good about it. Not going to lie. Um, I guess the way we're going to do it is we're just going to go down like one to seven seed. So I'll just say mine quickly. My number one seed in the AFC, I had the Chiefs. Number two, I had the Buffalo Bills. Number three, I had the Baltimore Ravens. Number four, the Titans. Number five, the Browns. Number six, the LA Chargers. And number seven, the New England Patriots. And yeah. I mean, like I said, I feel pretty good about it. I mean, the Chiefs, obviously, I don't think anybody really expected them to get off to like this mediocre start that they've had. I wouldn't even call it mediocre. Like they still look like the most dangerous team in the league, man. It's just. The defense and Mahomes' turnover luck, I'm pretty sure I saw that his interception percentage has got up from like 2.1 in 2019. 
2020 to like 3.3% this year, which I mean, it does not sound like a big jump, but for a guy like him, like that's super big. Um, The Bills, Bills look like the best team in the NFL. I'll say that. I agree. Yeah, they look like the best team in the NFL. Ravens, I'm proud about this pick because I went back and forth with a lot of people on this, including yourself. Uh, A lot of people were gung-ho about the Browns, and I like the Browns coming into the year. I mean, they were my fifth seed, so best wildcard team, but I just felt they were a little overrated, like run-based team, struggles in the red zone, you know, pushing the ball down the field. Uh, Anybody who put... Any, I'll say this before the injury. Alex will probably attest to it because we, as he mentioned before, we talk in like the slack. Anybody who put money on Baker Mayfield MVP odds, in my opinion, like next time you want to do that, just give me your money. Please. I'll, I'll post my Venmo in the uh, description of this podcast. Just send me that money because I thought that was ridiculous. Um, number four. The Titans, I just, you know, that division sucks, goes without saying. I thought it was going to suck before the year. Titans were the best team. They look like the best team right now, which isn't saying much. They look like a bang average football team, nothing special. Playing tonight, uh, Mike Vrabel. I mean, it would be totally on brand for the Titans, man, if they just, you know, lose to the Jets and then somehow beat the Buffalo Bills. Like, I'm totally prepared for that to happen, but... Number five, Cleveland Browns. I mean, one of the most injured teams in the league. Like I said, I do like them. It sucks about Kareem Hunt. Hopefully Nick Chubb could go this Thursday because we might get Case Keenum and Teddy Bridgewater, which is, you know, anybody who's a fan of Dot is uh, probably going to have <laughs> a seizure during that game. Uh, one of my favorite picks, the Chargers. You and me, sorry to spoil you, but we both had him as a six seed. I love the Chargers this year. Brandon Staley was my favorite head coach hire. And they've looked awesome despite the loss to Baltimore over this past weekend. And seven, the Patriots just bought into that defense, whether it was Cam Newton or Mac Jones. Because I think we did these before Cam Newton got cut. But my mindset was that, like, you know, they're getting a lot of guys back from COVID. Bill Belichick's still coaching this defense coming off a year where he's probably embarrassed as hell that that team did not make the playoffs despite all the adversity. I really liked, you know, the Patriots odds and you know what? They're two and four right now, but still a wide open seven seed. I mean, I'm definitely not ruling out any of those teams, but overall I'm pretty happy about my predictions. What about yourself, Alex? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's hard to feel too much different than you because our rankings were pretty much the same. So I had the Bills as the number one seed in the AFC, Chiefs number two, Browns number three, like you said, I thought they were going to win the division, Uh, Titans number four, Ravens number five, Chargers at six, Patriots at seven. So literally the only difference is, is we went, we flipped, I thought the Browns were going to win the uh, division, you thought the Ravens were, and we both thought that whoever didn't win was going to be the top wild card seed. Not a lot of difference there, only other difference is I had the Bills ahead of the Chiefs. Again, very minor difference. So. Hard to feel too bad about anything there. I, I think it's all pretty smart. I still think the Browns would be a good team. I think Baker's injury is a bit of a cause for concern because he is, if you watch like tape of him throwing before and after the injury, he is favoring one side more and that it's going to lead to some inaccurate throws. And for whatever reason, he just can't figure it out with Odell Beckham, who's just running wide open all the time. And his backups can. Case Keenum looks a lot better with Odell Beckham. I don't know what that is. 
So that's weird. I think both Chubb and Kareem Hunt got injured in the game. Both of their tackles have been Chubb hurt. Chubb didn't even play. Yeah. Even or, yeah, it's right. It's right. Chubb was hurt before the game. Hunt got injured during the game. So there's a lot of injuries to deal with, and I believe they're technically in last place in the division right now. But just watching them, I mean, they've just been neck and neck with a bunch of really good teams. And there's, Oh, my God, they are. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. And they're three and three. You yeah. I, so go ahead. I'm sorry. I wanted to say this take before. I was afraid I was going to catch flack. Listen, I still think the NFC West is the best division, di- division, division in football. I feel like you can make the argument that the AFC North is the best division in that conference. I think you could make the argument they're the best division in football. I think they're a very good division. I, I think I would still give a slight edge to the NFC West, but I mean, to me, there's really there's three possible options there. I think you can go the AFC West. You can go with obviously we're just talking about or the NFC West. I think those are the two, yeah. the three premier. No, no, those are the uh, top three, and then and the I, NFC I think East yeah, you can order them however you want without offending me personally. But yeah, we saw it pretty similar here, and I think it all there's no picks that are just like stand out awful right now. Uh, so feel pretty good about those. We saw the NFC a little bit differently. I had the Packers as the one seed, Buccaneers as the two seed, Seahawks number three, Washington football team number four, Rams number five, top wild card seed. I had the Panthers number six. I was a uh, big on the Panthers coming into the year. I, I like, I still like them, but uh, man, Tim Donald's looking a little bit more like Sam Donald right now. And I had the 49ers as the seven seed rounding it out. I mean, I think most of what I thought was there is there. I thought that the Seahawks offense was going to be a little bit better than it's been. A big part of that has been Russell Wilson getting banged up. And honestly, there's we could easily have just one loss right now with the healthy Russell Wilson and a bit better clock management. I'm not super offended by that. It doesn't look great right now. I do feel bad about picking the football team to win the uh to win the East, I, I should have picked the Cowboys. They are clearly the class of that division right now. That was that was a bad call on my end. I was a little too excited about them building off of some performances that came against some really poor teams last year. So I think that's my one regret. 49ers as the seven seed. It could still happen. I, I just – they always get injured, man, and they're injured again now. And I was thinking that the quarterback situation wasn't going to be great. So – it's embarrassing that I put them over the Cardinals right now, but it's still kind of along the lines of what I expected. What about you, Zach? Yeah, I mean, looking at mine, I'll I'll just run through them again. One seed, I had the Bucks. Two Packers. Three, I had the 49ers winning the NFC West. Four, I had the Cowboys. So I differed with you there. Um, but I can't really make fun of you because my fifth seed was the Rams. My sixth seed was the Seahawks, and Oh my God! You know I hated making, I hated picking the Washington football team as my seventh seed, man. Like, I don't know. Like the thing with me is that everybody looked at that team and they were like, oh, you know, like Dak, Dak's a question mark coming off injury, and the defense sucks. But like, everybody was cool looking at the Washington football team offense and saying, oh wow, Ryan Fitzpatrick, like he's ever been reliable. I get they have Terry McLaurin, Antonio Gibson. They got a pretty solid offensive line, but at the end of the day, like 
even going back to that defense, like the defensive line so far this year for them has been underperforming. Uh, you know, I believe Chase Young only has one sack, which I know sacks aren't everything, but still, I mean, some people were like bet- betting him for defensive player of the year, and he looks like that 0% chance of that happening right now. And like, they're also the safety duo I wasn't a big fan of. Like, I like Cameron Curl as a prospect, and they have Landon Collins, but both those guys are like strong safeties. Like, I don't think they're the best athletes. They've really struggled in coverage. And plus, Javin Davis, starting as the, the Mike linebacker, a guy who I liked as a prospect, who was more of a third-round talent, in my opinion. And they took him at 19. And, like, he looks like a rookie, which is okay. But, like, I'm not trying to crap on the team. I mean, maybe I am. But, nah. I just feel like people had unrealistic expectations for – you know, the Washington football team, and people didn't oversee that. Oh, they Cowboys, they have Dak Prescott, they have Zeke Elliott, Tony Pollard. Good line when it's healthy. and Maybe the best line in football right now, honestly. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they've been playing like it, and a wide receiver core that has been balling out sans Michael Gallup. Michael Gallup's been hurt, and guess what? Cedric Wilson, former Boise State receiver, He's just stepped in. He's been awesome. Looks good. Man. Yeah, nah, he has looked good. But overall, I mean, looking at all of our predictions in terms of, like, you know, picking playoff teams, like, I feel like you and me have done a pretty good job. There's nothing that I, like, hate outside and outside of Washington football team. Yeah, I think the only embarrassing things that we neither of us had the Cardinals, which on the last undefeated team. I think that's the only embarrassing thing. But honestly, you it, like. You can really blame us, though. You yeah, can't really blame us. I think that you could have put, we we could have put them in somewhere in the wild cards, but it was just how many how many NFC West teams can you pack in here preseason? And you know, yeah, it is right. what it is. That's my one regret. Otherwise, I honestly think that we did pretty well in in this category going forward. Kind of brings us to our Super Bowl predictions, Zach. I'll let you go first on that. Yeah, so my Super Bowl prediction, you know, it's a matchup that I I'll. I'll admit that I kind of pick almost every year just because I want to see them because I think that in terms of talent, they're the two best, you know, throwers of the football in arguably NFL history, just in terms of like accuracy, efficiency. Last dance, Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers versus the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Yeah, I guess my thought process before the beginning of the season is that you know, Tampa Bay looks so good in that Super Bowl victory over Kansas City. I'm not going to say that if the Chiefs didn't have a third-string offensive line that they would kick their asses. Because I do think even with a healthy line, like Tampa Bay played so well that game that they probably still would have won it. But, you know, it's hard to pick against the Chiefs, man, when you have the best football player in the world. And then the Packers, you know... Just felt like Aaron Rodgers would ball out, not maybe not be as good as he was last year during his MVP season. But at the end of the day, you know, it's still a great football team, and they're proving it again this year. But I have the Chiefs over the Packers, and I did a final score. You did one, too. Uh, 33-31. to 31. Alex, please enlighten the juicy details on your Super Bowl pick. The moment we've all been waiting for. I had the Tampa Bay Buccaneers repeating as your Super Bowl champions over the Cleveland Browns. 
I I did have the Browns as a three seed, Bucks as a two seed. I thought there was going to be a little bit of a slow start after, but I you know I just think that they're the best team, most complete team. It's Tom Brady in the playoffs. Like, what are you going to do? You just got to bet on him, man, because sixty percent of the time you're going to be right. It feels like, uh, and I like the Browns. I think they match up well if they're healthy. I do think they match up well against both the Bills and the Chiefs. I think the Bills have been so much better against the run than I expected. Tonight, we're going to see them go up against Derrick Henry, who's looked like a legitimate MVP candidate again. So who knows if we'll be saying the same thing after tonight. But I I think they match up pretty well against the top teams there in a one-game series. So we'll see. We'll see. They are close last year. And I just kind of want to see Cleveland get a chance to play in the Super Bowl just for the sake of that fan base. Never gets anything like that. So that's just kind of what I'd like to see. Award predictions. I want to make a note. We're doing, I did decided to do no duplicates, and Zach got to pick first on these. He got his picks in first. Not got to. He did. He, did, he was the first to complete the assignment. Let's call it that way. But I didn't want to double up. So there's a couple here where I was like, yeah, that's the right pick, but I just have to pick someone else. So MVP, Zach, I will let you say your prediction first. Okay, you don't – first of all, you don't got to throw me under the bus like that. I mean – like Alex said, there's different names in this doc that we're looking at, but feel free to say if it was a different – like how many – we have seven awards that we're picking. How many of them did you have the same one as me? Uh, three. Yeah, so just say say who it was. I, I'm pretty sure the Defensive Rookie of the Year was one of them. But anyway, um, so yeah, I guess uh, – what do you want to do? Just me go down the line or – how about we do position by – or uh, award by award? Award by award, I think. Yeah. And I'll list off the uh, current super, the current prediction, Vegas favorites afterwards. Yeah, definitely. So um, I picked Josh Allen. You know, I was a big Josh Allen hater, man. Like, I remember coming out of the draft. I'll, I'll tell a funny story right now. Like, I used to be a huge fan of, like, the Sims and Lefko podcast. I don't know if you ever listened to that. Like, I love that podcast. It was on Bleacher Report, Chris Sims and uh, Adam Lefko. You know, it was a Bleacher Report pod, and it was actually like a really funny, entertaining pod. It sucks that they don't do it anymore, but uh, say what you want about Chris Sims, but he, I mean, he's pretty good. Entertaining for sure. But anyway, I mean, Chris Sims loved Josh Allen, and I just remember watching him, and I was like, this dude can't even like complete 60% of his passes against Wyoming. I wrote out a like four paragraph Instagram message to that podcast, like going over all these statistics, all these advanced statistics about why Josh Allen was going to suck in the NFL. And they actually wrote back to me. They're like, we appreciate the love, man. I'll definitely run it by Sims. Like Adam Lefko said that. So I thought that was pretty cool. But moral of the story is I'm an idiot. A lot of people are idiots. Josh Allen is a top four or five quarterback in the NFL. And going into this year, I thought he was going to be even better than he was last year. And so far, he looks probably a hair bit worse. But, you know, if the Bills get the one seed and he has a similar season to last year, maybe cuts down the turnovers, you know, keeps using his legs, like, I still feel pretty good about this pick. Like, he's not the favorite right now, but it's not like I'm like, oh, damn, I'm an idiot. Because I definitely think Josh Allen is, you know, in that discussion. Yeah, I'm completely with you. I think that was a good pick. It wasn't the pick I was going to make, but it was a good pick. Um, and I, I will say, too, 
Shout out to Ken Dorsey, who I think is one of the best quarterback gurus in the NFL right now. He was did the work with Cam Newton in Carolina, turned him around and done a very similar thing with Josh Allen, who's kind of a similar player in a lot of ways. And I, the Bills coaching staff is just absolutely ludicrous. It's I got to say that it's nuts. it has to be my favorite staff of anybody. Uh, so I'm kind of sad. Neither of us picked the Bills to win the Super Bowl, honestly. But uh I picked Tom Brady. Um, I just year two in Bruce Arians is when you tend to see absolutely dynamic results, and he's looked pretty good so far. I, I think he's been clearly one of the best players in the NFL. I think going into uh, the Thursday night matchup, he hadn't had a turnover where they play it on the season, thrown for a ton of touchdowns, ton of yards. For his age, he's been absolutely, absolutely ludicrous. So I don't feel bad about it. Well, he lost a step. No, I'm saying he has not lost. Oh, he has not lost it. Yeah, I know he's probably gained a step, to be honest with you. I don't know what deal he made with the devil, but it was a good one. (laughs) Right now, kind of making us look smart here. The Vegas Super Bowl favorites are Kyler Murray at plus 400, Dak Prescott at plus 400, Kind of surprising to me, Josh Allen at plus 450. So he's right in that mix. Then Tom Brady at plus 900 and uh, Matthew Stafford at plus 1000. So we did pretty good. We did pretty good. Both of our guys are in the top five, three and four respectively. So feel pretty good about that one. Next award up is the Offensive Player of the Year. I took Devontae Adams on this one. Uh, Wasn't too complex of a thought process. I just thought arguably the best wide receiver in the NFL very good offense, very good coaching staff on the offense. Angry Aaron Rodgers coming back. Now you got angry Devontae Adams, and you don't really have too many other receiving options. I just figured that he was going to get a tremendous amount of targets, and if he could stay healthy, he's going to do a lot with them. So I feel pretty good about it. Yeah, I mean, Devontae Adams, that's a good pick. Looking back on it, you know, definitely one of the names I consider wasn't going to try and go with. Another quarterback, especially because I think the Packers, or before the year, I thought the Packers were going to make the Super Bowl. Right now, I mean, I'm not going to hedge off that bet. They haven't given me a reason not to outside of that week one debacle. But my pick offensive player of the year was Alvin Kamara. And my thought process behind that was, even though I thought the Saints were going to take a step back, obviously, you know, with Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill or, you know, whatever, and this was before the Michael Thomas. Actually, no, it was after the Michael Thomas injury. So that played a factor. And then also, I just thought Jameis, which I was kind of right about this. Like, it doesn't say this on the dot, but I really thought they were going to use him as a game manager more. Like, I did not think they were going to push the ball down in the field a lot. I thought they were going to try and limit his mistakes. And it's worked for the Saints, like, fairly well so far. The only problem is, the one thing I got wrong is that Alvin Kamara is not really catching that many passes out of the backfield. I'm going to look it up while I'm talking about it right now. But 15 on 22 targets, 113 yards. He does have three touchdowns, though. Okay, so yeah. I mean, he's getting that production, you know. But how many yards was it again? 113. That's the surprising one to me. Yeah, Last yeah, year he exactly. had 756 for reference. Yeah, so they have not used him as much. I mean, he has looked much better as a runner, you know, between the tackles and stuff like that. He's one of the best running backs in the entire NFL. One of my favorite players overall. But, Same. I mean, you know, it's kind of hard with the offensive player of the year is one of the hardest players to pick because 
you know, it's basically runner-up MVP, but you can't be a quarterback. Pretty much. It doesn't have the same ring to it. Which makes some of the odds interesting. Uh, yeah, I liked the Kamara pick when I saw it. It wasn't who I was going to pick again, but I, I thought that they were just going to try to funnel the ball through him and give him, you know, 300 touches with 100-plus targets like he usually does get. The one thing I will say is their offensive line and pretty much that whole team has been super banged up. He could catch just absolute fire once people start getting healthy there. And he does have three receiving touchdowns, so he's on pace to shatter his receiving touchdown record. Hasn't come on the ground yet, but I, I, I don't think that that's a pick that can't happen. That said, right now, the Vegas lines for the top five NFL offensive players of the year are Derrick Henry at number one overall with uh, plus 700 odds, Devontae Adams at plus 1,000. Uh, so I'm pretty happy with it there. These two kind of surprised me, Kyler Murray and Lamar Jackson. So the hypermobile quarterbacks on good teams at plus 1,100 and plus 1,200. Those would surprise me just because they're quarterbacks and you just don't see it happen too often. Although Lamar Jackson for MVP, man, the last two weeks, he has looked phenomenal. I, I will say that. Uh, Cooper Cup at number five at plus 1,200, which he's looked really good this year. So not on there right now for Kamara. Definitely could happen. Devontae Adams holding strong at number two. I don't think either of us look stupid for either of those by any means. Yeah. Let's you start it off with your defensive player of the year. Was this one of the picks that you picked differently than me or no? Yes. Uh, this was one of the ones I picked differently than you, but it was literally uh, I'm picking whichever one of these two players Zach doesn't pick, essentially. Oh, okay. Um, I went Miles Garrett, and that pick's looking pretty good right now. Pretty sure he's leading the league in sacks. I think he has eight sacks, which is leading the league. It's either eight or nine, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. he looks like a man possessed. I mean, I'm sure anybody listening to this, try and look up. I believe it was Brandon Thorne. He's a great guy to follow on Twitter for, you know, O-line play and like defensive line play. And I'm sure you've seen the clip, Alex, of him. You know, I forget what game it was against him. I think it was either week three or week four, whoever they played. And he just inside rushes. He cuts from the outside inside. And it literally looks like someone like took a frame out of the clip like his miles garrett who was already a top three physical specimen in the nfl somehow got more athletic over the offseason and he is just wrecking havoc across anybody that comes his way so i feel really really good about that pick if it wasn't for the person you pick and a specific cornerback that I'm sure nobody, even Trayvon Diggs' parents, saw coming. Yeah. Uh, so one thing I will say also on Miles Garrett, he is also both leading the league with nine tackles for loss in addition to his eight sacks. He also already has 17 QB hits, which, for reference, Miles Garrett, not someone who's just been like kind of like trotting through the NFL at a leisurely pace. He only had 18 QB hits the previous two years, both years. And last year he was an all pro. He's already got 17 quarterback hits, which is yeah. insane and a ridiculous amount of them. He must have set a record for most QB hits in a game going up against Justin Fields and that uh, Chicago team. So that was one of the most dominant single game performance I've ever seen, which can play a factor in this. 
Uh, that being said, I did choose someone different. I obviously, if you didn't take Miles Garrett, I probably would have, and I assume you probably would have taken TJ Watt, yes. who I did take yeah. if I didn't. So either way, these are the two names that were showing up there, and they both look super smart right now. Uh, TJ Watt has one less game than Miles Garrett. He does have seven sacks. He has uh, seven tackles for loss, which is second in the league, already 12 quarterback hits. Here's something absurd. TJ Watt last year had 41 quarterback hits, which is more than Miles Garrett had had in the two previous seasons combined, which kind of blew my mind. He also had 23 tackles for loss last year, just an absurd season last year. Uh, that being said, Miles, or, uh, pardon me, uh, TJ Watt also does lead the league in forced fumbles with three, and he also does already have three passes deflected. So, I mean, these are the two clear guys on the defensive line side of the ball right now. Trayvon Diggs. Trayvon Diggs was a big brand guy for me because I really wanted him on the Seahawks. We needed a cornerback. He was supposed to go somewhere around pick in the first round. We uh, did not end up going that way, which pissed me off. That being said, I never in a million years saw this level of Trayvon Diggs coming. It is absolutely absurd. He already has seven interceptions, and he has he's leading the league in both interceptions and passes deflected, which is absolutely absurd. He has 11 passes deflected, seven interceptions for 142 return yards and two touchdowns. It, it's, it's honestly absurd. For reference, so he, he did that in six games, right? So we're about a third of the way through the season. Only once since 2007 has a cornerback or any position had 10 interceptions in a year. Only once. And that was just last year's Avian Howard. Through six games, he has seven interceptions. And the scary thing about Trayvon Diggs is that you would think like a cornerback who's intercepted seven passes, like you're not going to be, you're not going to try to throw to that guy if he keeps picking off the ball. Well, Trayvon Diggs is also... When he's not picking off the ball, as we saw in the game yesterday on the Kendrick Bourne touchdown, I think he's allowed the most most or second most yards in coverage this year. So, I mean, quarterbacks have a real dilemma on their hands, Alex. It's like, oh, do I throw to my receiver by Trayvon Diggs? Is he going to pick the ball? Or, oh, wow, yeah, I should throw to Diggs. He's, uh, you know, giving up a ton of yardage, but I mean, So I yeah. thought that as well. He's actually only given up 104 uh air yards so far this year according to uh pro football reference at least which is kind of interesting oh that's uh that's not what i'm talking about i mean like the person he's like how many yards the person oh 248 yards of pass coverage yes which is not leading the league yeah he's he's actually only 47 percent of passes thrown his way uh, official like at least in terms of official have uh have been which is also a different takeaway than i got from watching so I don't know if that's just I like how they're Diggs scoring too, coming up. Maybe yeah, not as I, much as you, but I mean. But I didn't like, think oh, that I, you'd think I would want to be like, you know, big brand guy. Like I've got the receipts here. Let me pump this out. I had, I never in a million years thought he'd get seven interceptions in a whole season. I thought he had a decent chance to be a good cornerback. Too. That's what I thought. And right now he's on pace. The record, all time record for interception a season, which is from like, I think it was before the 60s. That's all I know. It was before 1960. I can't remember the exact year. It's 14. He's already halfway there. We have 11 games to go. So just ridiculous. And to, and to lead in both interceptions and pass deflections. Absurd to me. Absurd to me. So big guys for Trayvon Diggs. Right now, the defense player of the year odds are Miles Garrett 
number one overall at plus 450. Trevon Diggs at plus 500. TJ Watt at plus 600. So we got both the two of the top three. Aaron Donald at plus 750. And Nick Bosa at plus 1800. So a huge gap between four and five. That's pretty ridiculous. So I, we we crush this one about as much as you can crush one. I, I feel really good yeah. about that. The one the one thing that I will say that I feel like could give TJ Watt the slight advantage when it comes down, like if these guys are close at the end of the year, as of right now, obviously we have two-thirds of the season left. TJ Watt has three forced fumbles. My Miles Garrett has zero. So that could also play a factor. And the pass deflections, but they both just have been such freaks. You can't really nitpick either guy. It's just, I think it's going to be whichever one gets the narrative. Uh, and it's worth noting that Miles Garrett's been a little healthier than TJ Watt, which could play a bit of a factor as the season goes on. Rookie of the year on the offensive side. I actually wasn't going to pick the same guy you were, but it was a pretty, pretty solid pick. I don't think anyone would have argued with your pick at the time. Yeah, I mean, Alex kind of lucked into his. I'll let him talk about it in a little bit. But, I mean, I took Trevor Lawrence. I did not expect Jacksonville to be this big of a uh, discombobulated mess. But, I mean, good on them for winning in London, you know, in front of their fans. Uh, I'm just waiting for Jacksonville to move. Just go to London, man. I mean, travel would suck, but they they love the Jags over there. That's like that's like their baby. You didn't see all the Jags fans yesterday, like, Gung ho about like you know Trevor they're always Lawrence playing here. over there. I think there's been some oh, rumors. Yeah. Uh, I think Tony Khan's looked into it too. Yeah. So I think I when he be, gets control of the team, it's gonna be yeah. Yeah, I would not be surprised. But yeah, I mean, like I said, like Trevor Lawrence, that generational prospect, and you know we could talk about that term being thrown around a lot. But I'm he was the consensus number one quarterback in a loaded quarterback draft class in 2021, and you know, I didn't expect a, you know, dysfunction that's gone on. That franchise obviously goes from ownership, Urban Meyer, you know, a lot of silly mistakes, some bad play at the beginning of the year, but I'm not ready to, like, die on this pick yet because Lawrence has looked better the last few weeks. I mean, he didn't – he hasn't thrown – I think he's only thrown one interception the last two or three weeks. It's either one or two interceptions. So, I mean, he's cleaning it up a little bit. The talent that he, I mean, he still makes some ridiculous throws. I mean, if you're worried about Trevor Lawrence, don't be, because he's going to be a top 10 quarterback at bare minimum for the next decade plus. Yeah, it was it was the obvious pick to make where, honestly, like preseason, if you're picking someone else, you're like trying to get cute pretty much. Which, middle I mean, you're right. One interception over the last three weeks. So he's definitely still within shot of winning the award, especially if the Jags pull a turnaround. It just right now, the seven touchdowns, eight interceptions doesn't look particularly great, but it was, it was the pick that should have been made there. It was the, the smart pick. I took Mac Jones just because I thought he was the most advanced quarterback. And I thought that he was going to the right system to fit who he is as a quarterback personally. And Trevor Lawrence was off the board. Uh, And I just, I thought there was going to be a narrative of Bill Belichick, you know, kind of, putting it all on the line to rebuild, you know, the narrative around Bill Belichick that he wasn't, you know, for such a long time, we heard Tom Brady is a, you know, system quarterback and blah, 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 blah. And now we're starting to kind of hear that, Oh wait, actually maybe it was Tom Brady that was carrying Bill Belichick all these years. And he looked motivated. He started spending money. I definitely bought quite a bit into 
the Patriots pulling off uh, kind of a, a gimmicky, but very Bill Belichick fingerprints all over offense that was going to look decent. So I just thought that Mac Jones would fuck it up the least, to be honest with you. And I figured you have to quarterback for offense rookie of the year because they almost always win it, even when someone sets the rookie receiving yard record <laughs> last Especially year. Especially in a loaded class like I had alluded to before. Like, I love the running backs in last year's class, like specifically Najee and Javante Williams. I probably wouldn't have picked Javante, Same. but Najee, Najee honestly would have been my second choice. because I, I might have picked Javante. I like Javante a lot, man. I thought about it. Which makes this incredibly interesting because especially after the preseason, I don't think anyone was making this pick before, which is obviously foolish because we should never buy the preseason. We've already touched on this earlier in the pod. But the number one Vegas favorite by a decent margin. No, it's not. It's not. It can't be. By a decent margin is Jamar Chase at plus 250. Oh, I'm an idiot. Never mind. I mean, I'm completely cool with that. I thought you were going to say Davis Mills the way you were like smiling, oh. but then I was no, like, no, 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 no. I was like, no. I Just was because like, everything was like, way. oh, Jamar Chase has, you know, maybe, uh, you know, some like domestic, not violence. I don't know what it was. He, there was some weird thing that came out that ended up not being true. Yeah, they came out around time as he was dropping everything that came his way. And yeah. this whole narrative random of like, he's already a bust. And right now he is the favorite, which is kind of funny just because we were saying it can only be a quarterback. But that being said, number two in Vegas odds of plus 400 is Mac Jones. Number Tied for number three, it's a, actually a three-way tie, is Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, and Najee Harris. So we got two of the top five yet again. Uh, and uh, it's three quarterbacks, a running back, Najee Harris, he talked about, and Jamar Chase sneaking in there at the top, which was surprised me a little bit when I looked at it, just because if a, if a wide receiver was ever going to win it, man, you'd think Justin Jefferson would have won it last year. Not at all no, yeah, definitely. that the actual winner of the award wasn't deserving because Justin Herbert looks amazing, even better this year. But defensive rookie of the year. I can't wait for this. This is, uh, <laughs> is going to be awesome. This is this is the first. So it was the, the last three in a row You are the ones that you actually sniped who I wanted oh, to yeah? take specifically. Oh, really? Oh, three really? in a row. Yeah. Just in a row, in a row, in a row. Uh, so – Ladies and gentlemen, was, he's lying through his teeth right now. You know what, Alex? I am decidedly give, give yours not. first. Go, you go first. <laughs> Defensive rookie of the year. And I will comb it? through the DMs to prove that I was pissed off on who you picked because it was such an obvious pick at the time. But uh, I went out on a limb here, and I was going back and forth between two guys, and I think one of them I wouldn't have looked as stupid as I do right now. I will admit neither of my guys I was going to pick around the top five Vegas odds. Uh, I went back and forth between Javon Holland and Elijah Molden, who had a tremendous preseason. And I absolutely, as a homer bias, love and just thought that, you know, I, I thought Tennessee was going to be by, by so far the class of their division, playing against a bunch of really, really trash quarterback play in the AFC South, that I thought that Elijah Molden was going to have an opportunity to get like six or seven picks. And he looked phenomenal in the preseason. Hasn't happened so far. I mean, it's not literally the worst person I could have picked, but it, it looks pretty bad. It looks pretty bad. I look like a homer. I wish I would have gone with Javon Holland here, even though he's not going to win the award either. But Zach, Zach got my guy. Why don't you talk about the right pick here? Yeah, I mean, I took Micah Parsons. Um, I was a huge Micah Parsons fan, as were most people who, you know, study and analyze the draft. But, I mean, I really thought, you know, 
I thought he was a linebacker. I didn't think his coverage skills were as bad as, you know, some people were saying. I, I remember that take on Twitter. I don't even know if you saw that Baron Browning was better than Micah Parsons. I don't even know. Well, yeah, exactly. I don't even know. Baron Browning is like on the Broncos practice I think TDN for a while had him as linebacker one, or a couple people did, yeah. I think they had him like... as LV2. Yeah, I mean, we're not, we're not making fun of y'all's opinions. I mean, we're just saying that you were objectively and hilariously wrong because Michael Parsons <laughs> was the best linebacker in the class in, two, in 2021, and he's looked really good. I mean, you know, the coverage, I didn't – he hasn't looked – that great right away, but he has been an insane pass rusher, man. And you know, for a Dallas team that's lost to Marcus Lawrence and Randy Gregory's been pretty solid. They need some more juice there. He's been excellent. Uh, I'm curious to see the odds here because you know, thinking off the top of my head right now, I don't know who would be number one. It's probably going to be someone like Jamar Chase, and I'm going to be like, oh, when I say Jamar Chase, I mean for the offensive, but. Yeah, I mean, Michael Parsons just felt like a super-duper easy pick. Yeah, and he is the Vegas favorite by a large oh. margin at plus 225. There's only one other person, obviously besides Parsons, one other person on the top six that I even considered, and I'll say it when I get to him. Jeremiah Usakormoa is number two overall at plus 600. I did not know if he was going to be starting this year, so I'm not a guy I considered. Patrick Sotan at plus 900, I thought for sure he wasn't going to be starting, just given the cornerback depth that they had yeah. there before injuries in Denver. Uh, Jamin Davis, still plus 1,000. I don't think he deserves to be. Didn't consider him. Asante Samuel Jr., I did consider at plus 1,000. Would have loved to have gone with him. I didn't. Uh, Jason Owe at plus 1,000 is also tied for fifth right there. So, yeah, Micah Parsons is pretty much going to win the award. <laughs> Just out of curiosity, it only has the top six, or are you just reading the top six? Um, I only I have written down what was the top five, and they just there was a tie for as uh, a three way tie for uh, fourth place. Oh, I was gonna. Yeah, I want to see if Eric Stokes was on that list because he's looked pretty good for Green Bay, man. I'm like sure Eric we could. Stokes. We could find the odds if you want to take a shot at that. Uh, yeah, definitely. And while we do that, I will uh, head into the comeback player of the year award. I'm just going to talk about this player, Alex, while you look that up, because I know I stole your vote, and the pick was so obvious that I don't think you'll disagree with what I'm about to say, but Dak Prescott, comeback player of the year. I mean, coming off that ankle injury, you know, missed the entire year, and he's balling out. I mean, this could be a guy that has a chance to be comeback player of the year, plus possibly MVP, which, I mean, would be just number two absolutely in odds. berserk. Yeah, number two in odds, I I would assume he's number one. You could just say it right now, right? Yeah. He's number one in odds right now, but by a somewhat narrow margin, actually. Who's number two? We'll get to that. We'll get to that. A little teaser. Oh, okay. Well, now I kind of know who it is, but uh, yeah, I mean, Dak Prescott coming off injury quarterback. They were on hard knocks. I mean, these sound like stupid reasons, but you know, as long as he didn't get hurt again this year and he played relatively well, I was like 99.4% confident he was going to win. So, yeah, Dak Prescott, feel great about it. Going to win it. What about you, Alex? And just for what it's worth, Eric Stokes is plus 3,000 to win Ooh. Rookie of the Year. So if you like that, maybe place a bet. Uh, so I, I took... I was, again, I got sniped again here. I got sniped on all the last three. 
Dak Prescott was the obvious pick here. I consider Jameis Winston actually, but uh, <laughs> I wanted I wanted to go non quarterback uh, just because I figured if it was going to be quarterback. It's going to be Dak Prescott. Uh, I, I went with Nick Bosa just because he missed the whole season. I thought he had a chance to win Defensive Player of the Year. So I was like, eh, you know, if it's not going to be him, if it's not going to be quarterback, it's probably going to be Nick Bosa. We'll go with that. I don't feel dumb about that at all. I mean, he's in the mix. He's, I think, fifth in Vegas betting for uh, Defensive Player of the Year. I'm fine with it. Uh, number one in betting uh, at plus 350 is Dak Prescott. Plus 400 is Joe Burrow. Which uh, that also makes sense. Te- yeah, and I can understand sense, yeah. why because the Bengals are in then trash. Like the most know. famous of Jameis's, Jameis Winston at plus sixteen hundred. So big gap. Uh, Derwin James at plus twenty two hundred is tied with Nick Bosa to round out the top five. So again, we got two of the top five looking pretty good through week six. Coach of the year. This was the biggest, the biggest snipe for me. I uh, I think. He was the biggest favorite coming into the year, but it still, I think, was not a safe pick by any means because it was wide open this year. And this is a first-year head coach who would have been a coordinator for one year. So I'll let you talk about why you made your pick and be jealous that I didn't have a chance to do it myself. Well, I mean, like, you're basically saying this is your pick. I mean, I'm I'm giving you the out here, bro, to you to change it to the same thing. I mean, I – for that's another thing. I, I don't recall me saying, Oh, we have to pick different people. Like, no, you know what for I mean? the record, I opted into this to make it a more interesting podcast in theory. Yeah. Well, now, now you just look dumb for taking Elijah Molden as your defensive rookie of the year. So kind of, kind of backfired on you, buddy. Hey, hey, you give it, give it 11 weeks or whatever, 12 weeks, 12 weeks left. He's only given up two touchdowns on seven targets. So <laughs> <laughs> has he really? Yeah. He actually- oh, yeah. He's he's actually he's had some splash plays, but like he's he's been really bad. He either makes the most amazing play or like the worst play. That's folks, just to uh spoil you for our 2022 predictions, Kate Autumn will be his offensive rookie of the year as well as co-defensive rookies of the year. I will year, never Toby pick Duffy anyone from Kyler UW Gordon. for <laughs> well, okay. You start talking Kyler Gordon, I start to get a little interested. Maybe uh, worst, maybe Kyler the Gordon. Worst Washington quarterback cornerback. Ah, yeah, but he's just – if someone's going to win of the year awards, it's going to be Gordon because he's just more dynamic. I, we'll, we'll talk. Sure. We'll talk. We'll get, to, not, we'll get to Kyler Gordon next Monday. Okay. I'm not ready to talk about our mediocre college teams. But anyway, yeah, I mean, Brandon Staley, like I said, one of my favorite uh, head coach hires. You know, I really liked him. And the thing I liked about him is that he called such a good defense, defense for the Rams last year. And he also has some – uh, offensive experience. He was a, I believe he was a quarterbacks coach and an OC for a uh, one of the more prominent junior colleges in C- California. So, you know, Stanley has that experience. I mean, NFL would be like, oh, they signed a defensive coordinator. Oh, you should hire offensive guys. I hate that narrative. It's so stupid. But um, yeah, I mean, I really have liked the job he's done so far. I feel really, really good about that pick. And I don't think he would be the favorite right now, but I don't hate my pick. I mean, if I, I'm curious to hear the odds because I actually might wind up putting a little scarrow on it. I will say there were two that, well, one that I never would have picked in a million years. Yes. 
yes to be yes. on there that is on there but it makes sense and one that absolutely blew my mind that was in the top five uh i went with bill belichick just because i thought that there was going to be a narrative about you know the whole like okay it wasn't tom brady and people were going to swing way in the other direction i thought they were just gonna go like 10 and 7 sneak into the playoffs and like a big victory with a rookie quarterback and a new offense and it would just make the Belichick look really smart. Hasn't looked that way yet. It's uh, it's not looking good. And I think for Bill Belichick, it has to look really good for him to win the award. In hindsight, I kind of do regret the pick. I wish I had gone with Matt Rule, who was a uh, little spoiler, not in the top five, but of people I was realistically considering. That's, that's who I wish I would have gone with in hindsight. Uh, overwhelming favorite twin coach of the year at plus 400. Brandon Staley. Let's go. Hey. He's, I think it's funny because their defense actually hasn't been very good at all, which was kind of surprising. The run defense is abominable. They need yeah. to. And I will shout out our buddy Michael in the Slack for spitballing this idea. We'll get to defensive tackles on one podcast. It's not a very loaded group, so not really that many guys to talk about outside of Leal and the guy who I'm about to bring up. But my new favorite prospect fit, shout out Michael is Jordan Davis to the Chargers. I love that so much. I get it. I don't know if I can picture a coach like Staley wanting to do that, but I get it. It'd be interesting. It'd be interesting for sure. Uh, Side note, did you know that for no clear reason to me whatsoever, the uh, I think it was sixth in uh, defensive rookie of the year or seven, it was whoever was the last one off the list was Kenneth Murray for – a reason completely unbeknownst to me. I don't know what Time that was to look about. Up Kenny, Kenneth Murray stats. Are you talking about the odds? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's injured too. Like, or he's missed games. I know that. Um, so that was odd. I don't know what that was about. Uh, but yeah, Brandon Staley, plus 400, coach of the year. I mean, he's literally changing the way people view fourth downs with how he's called games. They got absolutely destroyed last week, but they've been a very good team, and he's made a huge difference as a coach. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury is uh, second at plus 700. I'm not a Kingsbury fan. I never would have picked him in a million years. It does make sense. It does make sense. I mean, they're the last undefeated team. Sean McVay at plus 1,000 obviously makes a ton of sense. Sean McDermott, I think that's actually who should win the award. Right now, I think Sean McDermott's been the best coach in the NFL this year, and I, I don't think it's been particularly close. Personally, uh, Mike McCarthy is fifth at plus 1,100, who deserves to be fired. So I, I have no idea what Sean McCarthy's doing on there. Or Mike, pardon me, not Sean McCarthy. Mike McCarthy, multiple Sean's in a row for him, got tongue-tied there. But yeah, I think Mike McCarthy is one of the five worst coaches in the NFL, if not the worst in Absolutely is holding back this Dallas team. And it was very much on display yesterday. So that one actually shocked me that he was on there. I cannot see that happening. I'm not I'm not even trying to make fun of you, bro, but like this is the first time you said on the podcast. For all the listeners out here, me and Alex communicate communicate in different ways, you know, text, the slack we're in, and this is literally, I believe, the seventh time. He's complained about Kellen Moore not being the head coach over Mike McCarthy over the past like two days. And I'm I'm not even kidding. 
I hate I hate Mike McCarthy, man. And not even like I don't have any skin in the game at all. I'm neutral on Green Bay. I'm neutral on Dallas. They're fine, whatever. It's yeah, just like yeah. as a fan of really good football players, like on those teams, just watching him just sap so much potential and just like drain them and then still win. So that you have the argument like, nah, they went 10 and 6 for 11 and 5 every year. It's just frustrating. And just see him look confused when they always have really good coaches beneath him that are just keeping things afloat and just plugging holes. So, yeah, I am a noted Mike McCarthy hater. Biggest surprise team. Zach, I'll let you go. You had the Chargers. I think that was a very good pick, and I'll let you talk about it. Yeah, I mean, I was big on the Chargers even before, like, Brandon Staley because I – you know, Justin Harward, I expected him to take that next step. He certainly has. I mean, he's – He's looking scary good, and that's uh, at the, you know, downfall of Miami Dolphins fans. But, I mean, you know, I'm not sure. I mean, did you have Herbert over Tua in your rankings? Uh, no, I did not. Yeah, no. Uh, I, no I, yeah. I if I was over- doing my rankings I, now, like, based yeah, off obviously. watching just their film, I would because literally watching those two last year changed my process for evaluating quarterbacks. No, that's all right. Uh, no, nah, but yeah, like I'm saying, like, you know, nobody expected Herbert to be this good. I love Austin Eckler. You know, the receivers have been excellent. The line, which they invested in, you know, signing Corey Lindsley, that was a huge signing. And outside of the run defense, I mean, the secondaries look good. I am so happy that Derwin James has finally been healthy all year, arguably the best safety in the league. And I don't know, man, I just felt like, you know, it sucks that they're in the Chiefs division, but I really, before the year, I picked them to go 12-5, and five, and I feel really good about that. Yeah, and I would have considered them too. I, I thought that they were like, I, I like to get spicy with picks like this, and uh, as a result, I wouldn't have gone with the Chargers just because I thought they were very buzzy for good reason. Um, also want to shout out, you just said Derwin James might be the best safety in the NFL. I think it was clearly stated last night in primetime that Jamal Adams is the best in the nation. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know what you're talking about there. Very clearly the best in the nation. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, I went with the Panthers. Disagrees, <laughs> Every, I think anyone that has watched football is disagreeing anybody, if they don't Anybody know. with a functioning brain disagrees. But I respect the confidence. I went with the Panthers here. Uh, I think preseason, they were still picked to be like a top like five pick in the draft. And I just believed a lot in Matt Rule. I believed a lot in the players on that team. And I, I thought that the offensive play calling was enough to overcome Sam Darnold. So I went with them. I think they've been surprising. I, I feel good about that pick in hindsight. Biggest disappointment, I went with the Colts. I just, I looked at them. I did not expect Carson Wentz to play as good as he's played, honestly. Uh, I also didn't expect the offensive line to suffer as many injuries as they have. I just thought they were going to be a team that everyone seemed to talk about as a playoff team and like maybe a serious contender, maybe like 12 and five. And I looked at them, I was like, I think this is a seven and 10 team when I look at them. So I feel pretty good about it. They're two and four. They could be better than two and four. They could be like three and three, maybe even four and two, but they, they don't feel like a serious contender at all to me. So I think they're a disappointment. I feel good about that pick. What about you, Zach? I picked the Vikings, and that's going to sound crazy, especially to people that I talk football with, because I will tell you, Alex, right after the draft and just looking at the team, I 
spent like literal hard-earned money, not a lot, $20 on Kirk Cousins MVP odds. <laughs> I which I mean, he's looked pretty good this year, but then I was just like, this happens to me every year. I look at a team that I think is a sleeper, you know, during like, you know, the dog days of the off season, you know, middle of summer, July, August, and like I'm just like, damn. What does Minnesota do better? And I know Minnesota had a lot of fans. I really did like their draft. I liked the trade down that they had with the Jets acquiring Christian Darrow. So I liked a lot of the players that they had. And I I do like Mike Zimmer as a coach. Like, I don't think he's a bad coach. I do. I do. Believe, they have good coaching. No, yeah. I do believe. Baby Kubiak and Baby Zimmer are good, too. Yeah. I, although I do believe if they don't make the playoffs, Zimmer's gone. Like playoff, even even if the Vikings squeaked into a six or seven seed and lost in the wild card round, I I think Zimmer. I think that's similar to like the Rivera situation. Although the team does look better than the Panthers last year, but regardless, um, I'm not Doug Peterson sorry, similar before, but yeah, um, Doug Peterson another good point. Uh, yeah, I just I look at the team and it's just hard to trust them. Uh, Dalvin Cook, I love him. Great player, always gets hurt. I was, I will say, kind of idiotically, I think Justin Jefferson's awesome. I was not expecting similar production, and he still looks like just as big of a stud. And I kind of feel good about this pick because the secondary has been atrocious outside of Harrison Smith, Bashad Breland. Patrick Peterson looks cooked. I mean, I'm pretty sure they've allowed the most air yards by any team in the NFL, if I'm not mistaken. Both those guys, I mean, I think those are like one and two in most yards allowed or whatever. I, I saw the stats somewhere. I'm probably saying. All I know is, is that the eye test tells me that it's not good and the stats back it up. So, I mean, the Vikings hmm. could go like eight and nine, nine and eight, but I, I feel lukewarm about this pick. I'm a lot higher on the Vikes than you. I, I think it's just because of the coaching staff, but I do think that keeping them from being a serious contender is that offensive line. And the secondary, like you mentioned, I, I know uh, – oh, my goodness, I'm blanking on his name right now. Uh, the cornerback from Mississippi State went second round. I, Dantzler. He, he, Dantzler. Yeah, Cam Dantzler. I keep wanting to call him Emerson. Uh, I, I know he had some issues with uh, COVID uh, that were, was keeping him off, which explains at least why he wasn't seeing the field. I think he's a big upgrade there, but uh, yeah, he looked really smart when they started on three or were on two or on three. I can't remember. I know they beat us. So I think they, they beat us and went one and two. So yeah, I think they're a well-coached team. That's going to make them win, you know, 10, 10 or so games, but we'll see. We'll see. I, I could look stupid here. And I do agree with your, your take that Simmer is going to have to do something that gives hope that he gets better than this because they've been, Marvin Lewis, that's a really good comparison for me of just always kind of good, never great. See, hard and ceiling. Mike Zimmer, former Bengals defensive coordinator, so great power. True. And maybe Marvin Lewis takes over as coach. He got some interviews last year. Uh, worst team, I, I don't think we need to get too deep in this. You picked the Jets, I picked the Texans. Yes. Uh, the Lions are probably the worst team, but – I mean, worst team. It, they're the worst team by record, but I don't think they're the least talented team in the NFL. I think they're the least talented team, but they have the best, some of the best coaching in the NFL. I actually do think. I, I really, really like their coaching staff in Detroit. So, 
I believe that they will be better yes. quickly. Jets and Texans, they're both one-win teams. Nothing crazy Orange. here. I think I think we got it right. And let's see, we wanted to go over quickly kind of what we think is going to happen the rest of the year. We'll kind of run through it quickly because we're already coming up on an hour here. But AFC West, we have the Chargers, Raiders, Broncos, and Chiefs. Not a whole lot of separ- separation. Chargers are four and two. Raiders are four and two. Broncos are three and three. Chiefs are also kind of surprisingly three and three. Oddly enough, the Chargers are winning the division and the only team that is at a point deficit overall. Zach, how do you think the AFC West is going to play out? Uh, that's kind of funny you brought that up about the point deficit because I'm pretty sure if you pulled most you know hardcore football fans the worst team. In the AFC West, they would probably say Denver because they started off 3-0. and Remember, they beat uh, – those teams were 0-12 at the time combined. And now I'm pretty – they're – you know, they lost three in a row. They have the highest point differential still in that division. They have – they're plus 16. But how I think it plays out, I do think the Chiefs get hot. You know, they're going to – people are going to trust them until they get their one marquee victory which maybe, I mean, the Week 7 NFL slate sucks. We'll talk about this on our betting show, but, like, I don't know if you've seen it, bro. There's some, like, just not even, like, bad versus bad team matchups. It's just so, like, disgusting and stuff. Although I will say the Giants are facing the Panthers, and I'm praying that they lose so somebody gets the pink slip. But in terms of the AFC West, sorry, I go off on tangents a lot. Uh, I do think the Chiefs get hot. I do think they come out, you know, with that division. I, If I had to put my money on it right now, bullet to my head, I think we get three playoff teams from this division. I think the Chiefs win, and I think the Chargers and the Raiders make it as playoff teams. What about yourself? It's really close here. Yeah, I, a lot of really good coaching, too. I mean, Andy Reid, I'm, I'm still personally – a big fan of Vic Fangio and on the Broncos. Obviously we just talked about the coach of the year on the charges. Raiders coach looked really good the first week. They're the biggest wild card for me. I have no idea what's going to happen there. They look like they're using rugs better. I, it looked like they had a good plan. Uh, who is it? I think it's Marinelli is a defensive line coach over there has them getting tremendous, tremendous reads off the snap. And it's wide open. Shot. And Bisacci is good. I'm sorry to cut you off. But Bisacci, yeah. I mean, I'm not worried about the Raiders, this whole John Gruden saga, because obviously it's a distraction. But Rich Bisacci has coached for almost 40 years in the NFL and or has been a coach for almost 40 years. And he has a respect for that locker room. So I'm not. Yeah, it kind of reminded me of when uh, Munchak took over and did the exotic smash mouth. Kind of the team seemed to buy and <laughs> rally around him really well uh, yeah. in, in that way. Not a similar play calling mode. But uh, uh, yeah. It's just their offensive line really scares me. If I had to put gun to my head, uh, I would pick – I think the Chargers are gonna, actually going to win the division, and that I'm not super confident in that. It's just coming down to I think that Brandon Staley is just such an aggressive coach, and they do have enough pieces there. Plus, they have the big tiebreaker and one-game advantage over the Chiefs. It's a, really it's a two-game lead over the Chiefs right now. Yeah. I think that puts them in a pretty good advantage. Raiders, I just can't trust them to be super consistent right now. Broncos, it's tough to bet on an injured Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, and uh, the Chiefs, I think, will finish second. I would have to go Raiders third, Broncos fourth. It could really finish most – I think the Raiders, uh, Chargers, and Chiefs could win the division without shocking me, although Raiders would surprise me. 
I wouldn't be surprised. I think the Raiders are definitely going to be either one of the last teams in, last teams out. Uh, moving on, we will go to the AFC South, one of the least exciting divisions in football, going from one of the most exciting. Titans are three and two going into tonight's matchup against the Bills. Colts are two and four. Texans are one and five. Jaguars are one and five. Ugh, it's it's a rough division. I, I think the Titans, who are a very flawed team, but a fun team to watch. I think they're going to get better than they have been. I think they're very lucky to be three and two right now. And I, I think that I probably lose today. So only a one game lead over the Colts. I think they'll cruise through this division. I wouldn't be shocked if they finish like 11 and six, even with three and three record come um, after this week. Uh, they're going to get healthier too, especially at wide receiver on the offensive line. Defense might get better, might not. It's been underwhelming for a while now. Uh, I think the Colts finished second just by proxy of there being no competition whatsoever in the division. And they'll beat, you know, individual teams. I think the Jaguars will finish third. I think they're going to string together a couple wins here, maybe go four and 13, five and 12. I think it'll be enough to get Urban Meyer back for another year and uh, hopefully a better coaching staff around him is my opinion. Texans, I just, they just don't have the horses. I don't think it matters. Even if the coaching staff does really well, I, I can't see them being more than a three or four win team. I really like Tim Kelly too, their offensive coordinator. I think he might be a future head coach. Just not much he can do about it. They're, they're a rough team. Do you disagree with me anywhere? Um, in terms of your standing predictions, no, I do think the Titans will come out on top, even if they don't win tonight. Uh, the schedule's easy the rest of the way. I think the Colts, I really do like Frank Reich, but I believe that um, that bad start is going to be a little too hard to overcome. And then Texans and Jaguars, flip them, you know, do whatever you need with them. They're going to be three and four. I do greatly disagree that Urban Meyer will be back next year because I just I don't I don't think so at all. I I actually really disagree with you on that. Like I think he is done. I'd I'd put a sandwich bet on that just for the sake of it. Okay. The Jags never seem to fire anybody the first year. They're always super slow to fire coaches, and they're always Urban Meyer type coaches. I swear, like it's yeah, just we'll there's see. something there. We'll see. There's something there. Uh, AFC East, kind of the runaway Bills right now, four and one going into tonight's matchup. Patriots are two and four, Jets are one and four, Dolphins are one and five. It looks in a vacuum a whole lot like the old AFC East that we all know and love, where just one team has run away. Just now it's the Bills instead of Patriots. How do you think it's gonna play out, Zach? It's gonna be the Bills. Um, you know, the Patriots, I don't – like, I, it's similar to the Colts. I think the slow start, it's hard to see them, you know, unless Josh McDaniels really takes the training wheels off Mac Jones and lets him, you know, kind of like control the offense, which I don't see happening this year. Um, Patriots should be kind of mediocre again. And the Dolphins, I do think they'll pick it up. Like, I, I thought Tua looked pretty – Tua did not look bad against Jacksonville, which, I mean, should be expected. Jacksonville's defense is awful, but um, – yeah, I would probably put the Dolphins, you know, third, and then the Jets are just so bad. Like, Zach Wilson is not ready to be a net positive player in any facet his rookie year. I'm not even saying that as a Giants fan. Like, you know, I was really pissed off when the Jets, when I saw the Jets were the number two pick, because I kept telling myself, I was like, yo, they're going to get Justin Fields, maybe even Trey Lance. I did not expect Zach Wilson. Um, but, yeah. 
Just, I mean, that division's kind of cut and dry to me. Yeah, I agree with you there. I think really it just comes down to who you think is going to finish third and fourth. Bills, obviously, I think they're the best team in football right now. Patriots, they're two and four. They could easily be four and two. They're zero and four at home, which is kind of weird. Two and zero on the road. They do have a negative two point differential, and yes, they are the only team in the NFL right now who is zero and four at home. Yeah, so I think there's enough pieces there. They'll get some things bouncing their way. They'll get to play the Jets. They'll get to beat up on some bad teams at some points. I think that they'll be close to 500, maybe seven and ten to to ten and seven is the range I expect them to be. Probably more likely closer to the seven and ten. Uh, I don't know what to do here. Um, I like a lot of the coaching staffs on the Jets and Dolphins, not on the offensive side of the Dolphins by any means. Both one of the Dolphins are probably the most disappointing team in the NFL to me so far this year, honestly. One and five, oh, yeah. 100%. huge differential. Offense looks awful, but more surprisingly, the defense does not look good. And I thought their defense, they literally were it's the number been a one bad defense. football team, man. Simple yeah. as that. I mean, we could chalk it up. I mean, Every team goes through like injuries and stuff. It sucked not having Tua for a few weeks, but you know he's not playing like slot cornerback for them. I mean, maybe he should at this rate because no way Benogany has looked terrible, and it's just you I get mean, injured so quick. But <laughs> yeah, it's just I don't know. I think I'm going to take the Jets to finish third just because it feels like the Jets are kind of kind of in more of the expected to start off slow and get better as season progress. I do believe in Salah. I think the defense does look good. And I think that Zach Wilson, whatever you think of him as a prospect, will get continue to get better as season goes on and he starts to get more reps, not against, you know, BYU competition. Question and the Dolphins, you, I just sir. don't see how it gets too much better. I don't know. Question for you, sir. I kind of feel like I know your answer. I have my answer to this. Let's say the bottom falls out in Miami. They finished like 4-13 and 13 this year. You think Brian Flores comes back next year? I don't know. I, I think they might. I think give him he does, but one he more is chance. Like, yeah, he is first coach fired. Like number one, like his seat is like. It's weird. Yeah, it, what do you do with a coach who is one of the favorites for coach of the year, and then one of the favorites, like arguably the worst coach of the year, the next year? You know, it's tough, especially when the quarterback does get hurt and they have that excuse, and they're running two shit offensive coordinators that's not working. Like. I don't know. I don't know what you do with that. Uh, and what's worse to me is I'm watching them, especially last week. I think the defensive play calling is actually good. I like the play calling. It's the execution that's terrible. So, what do you what do you do with that? Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. That's a weird situation. It's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Sorry to Miami fans out there for what you've had to witness through the first six games. AFC North. We talked about it earlier. Might be the best division of football. Definitely one of the most fun to watch. Uh, right now, Ravens leading the way 5-1, and one, coming off of one of the most impressive victories of the year, in my mind, uh, against the Chargers. Uh, obviously, Lamar Jackson looking phenomenal. The Bengals at 4-2. and two. I don't think many people saw that coming. Uh, that, that's been impressive. I'm here for it. That's, that's been impressive. The Steelers at 3-3, three and three, and the Browns also at 3-3. Three and three. I went first on – oh, no, I didn't actually. I'm going to go first on this one. I, I do think that the Ravens win the division now. I'll come over to your side. Starting starting 5-1, and one, that's a pretty big advantage. Lamar Jackson is playing out of his mind. Rashad Bateman's coming back. There's a lot of reasons to be excited about this Ravens team right now. 
So no reason to pick against them. I think that they are a serious Super Bowl contender. Like always, they have one of, if not the best coach in the NFL. And if Lamar Jackson is passing well, they're tough to stop. They're really, really tough to stop. So I like the Ravens there. I do think the Browns still rally and finish second. I think the big shakeup for me is I do think the Bengals will finish third in this, this division. Um, I, that means that the Steelers have to finish last. I still think that they'll be right in the thick of 500. I think they could go nine and eight and finish last in the division. I think that's in the realm of possibility. Again, really good coaching. I, I think Zach Taylor is certainly like he's saving his job right now. I don't know if I'm ready to call him a great coach right now, but three of the best coaches in the NFL are in the division. I, I feel confident in saying that. The Browns, I just, I'm worried about how they're going to handle all these injuries and just a bunch, three rough losses that, you know, they had a chance to win, it felt like. Uh, so, yeah, that's how I see it playing out. What about you, Zach? No, yeah, I mean, I'm obviously sticking with my Ravens pick. I thought, you know, I do those NFL playoff predictors before the year, and I actually have the Ravens, like, starting off 8-0. and and that's looking really, like, plausible right now. Like, I was not – their second half of the season schedule gets a little tougher, but this first half, I mean, it should be a cakewalk. You know, I'm still going to go with the Browns as a second seed. I don't feel great about it because, you know, if you believe in that Pythra- Pythagorean record stuff, which, I mean, I kind of, like, look into it because I feel like it's valuable. If you go based on that, the Bengals have been the third best team in the AFC this year which is kind of like crazy, behind the Bills and the Ravens, the Cincinnati Bengals, and Joe Burrow looks good, Jamar Chase looks like Justin Jefferson 2.0, maybe even better than Justin Jefferson, if I'm being honest. Um, Yeah, I mean, I love this team. I really do, Alex. Like, if I'm picking it to, like, the Giants suck this year, there's no point of rooting for them, I'm going to be an honorary Bengals fan, man. Because, you know, a lot of people shitted on their free agent signings on defense too. And Trey Hendrickson has looked good. Mike Hilton, he was a great player for Pittsburgh. Kind of silly they let him go. And Chidobe Awuzie has looked, you know, very good as well. And they got a good depth and good players on that team. I'm a big fan of the Bengals and, you know. Logan Wilson, show some respect. That's my guy. That is my guy right there. I love Logan Wilson. I feel good too. pretty fun. I've got some uh, bought-in good and bad takes on the Bengals as well. I've publicly defended the Jamar Chase pick over Panay Sewell and got a lot of shit for that, A lot, especially in the slack. looks pretty good right now. I also publicly shit on them uh, paying Trey Hendrickson what they did. I look dumb for that right now. So it's fun just riding that those multiple waves on that one. No, yeah. I mean, you know, you win some, you lose some. Happens to to the best of us, bro, but... Yeah, if I'll gun to my head, I go Ravens. Still going to give the Browns the benefit of the doubt. Bengals and Steelers, but I definitely agree with you that the Steelers could be 9-8, and 8-9 eight, eight and, and be in last place here. Yeah, fun division. Less fun division. The NFC, moving over to the NFC side right now. NFC North, Green Bay, 5-1. Five, five in a row since a disastrous week one where the sky was falling, Aaron Rodgers was cooked. That being said, Aaron Rodgers not looking quite as good as Aaron Rodgers last year. That's for sure. Uh, maybe a little bit of a surprising 5-1 given his level of play. He's been fine. Don't get me wrong, but he hasn't been MVP threatening at all. Uh, Minnesota at 3-3. Three and three, Chicago also at 3-3. Three and three, Detroit at 0-6. Zach, how do you see this one playing out? 
As I alluded to before, I think the uh, Packers, my NFC Super Bowl pick, not hedging off that. I mean, the way it is right now, I see it as Packers, Vikings, Bears, Lions. Although the Vikings and Bears are tied. I think it's kind of a growing year. I mean, that Bears defense will really step it up. I'll go I'll go that order it is right now. I'll keep it simple. You know, the Vikings, they look eh. The Bears, the defense will keep them in some games, give them some wins that they're not supposed to win. And the Lions, you know, projected to pick number one, but look on the bright side, you're going to get Kayvon Thibodeau. So it's all good. Yeah, uh, I, I agree with you pretty much there. I think that it's going to definitely be Green Bay, Minnesota, Chicago, Detroit. Uh, I think the thing that's interesting, too, is uh, just looking at coaches, something that doesn't get brought up very often. Well, Matt LaFleur over there has been a prominent factor in the offense of the all-time best Mike Shanahan offense. Or, uh, pardon me, not Mike, Kyle Shanahan. One of the best Mike Shanahan offenses as well with RG3 over there. But one of the best uh, Kyle Shanahan offenses and are the best overall Shanahan offense. He was very prominent in Sean McVay's best offense. And he was uh, running the number one offense in the NFL last year. So there's been three times he has been a prominent member of the best offense in the NFL. And then if you look at the two best offensive minds in the NFL, they've both experienced significant drop-off when he was out of the building. So I think that's pretty, pretty impressive, personally. It doesn't get brought up enough about LaFleur. Uh, yeah, I agree with you. Not too much else to say there. I hope Aaron Rodgers is able to round out and just a fun end to the ride for uh, Green Bay. I, I thought they were going to finish first in the NFC. I, mean, I, I thought he's looked pretty good this year. I mean, you know, people don't realize he had, like, a like his MVP campaign last year was, like, berserk but he's yeah i mean he's looked good this year not as good but i think he's looked more like a top like eight to ten quarterback i don't think like he's a realistic mvp threat right now well yeah i mean he's not gonna win again unless he like tops it because he just won it but no well i I think that's the bar for aaron Rodgers, though i think aaron Rodgers, like you expect him to be an mvp candidate level player every year and i think this year it's it's more akin to his 2019 than his he's more he's more in that he's more in that mix He's not in that top tier this year, but he's part of that, you know, second tier mix with like Herbert and like. He's know, had a, he's had a lot of bad plays for Aaron Rodgers. I don't know. I, I've been mildly concerned about that just because. I think you're just. I, I expect him to deal. He's been good, not elite. That's what I'll say. Which is fine. You can win playoff games with that, and I, I like a lot of play callers there. But in the interest of moving on. Zach's NFC East with the Cowboys sitting at five and one. Mike McCarthy, obviously coach of the year candidate with a five and one team. How could he not be? The team is five and one. Clearly that falls on the shoulders of the coach. Washington football team, two and four. The Philadelphia Eagles, two and four as well. And then your New York football giants sitting at a strong, stout one and five. A solid... Striking fear into the hearts of opponents, one of five. Uh, this division is pretty clear cut for me. Who's going to win it? I don't think it's clear cut after that. Uh, Cowboys, it's foolish to bet against them right now in this division. I, I can't see a good argument why you would do it. If I have to look at who I think is going to finish second in the division right now, it is 
wide open. I might, I, I, I actually want to take the Giants. I'm not going to do it just because there's so many injuries on the offensive side, but that offense has potential to be really, really explosive. If you get a healthy Saquon, healthy Galladay, a healthy Kadarius Tony, which hopefully he's not out for too long because he's looked truly amazing right there. Sterling Shepard, I still like. Darius Slayton's a phenomenal deep threat. Evan Ingram, if he's your you know sixth option, is pretty solid. If he, if he catches a pass, he can definitely get into space when he's not getting locked down by top two coverage. Defense has some pieces there. Great defense last year. I, I think I'm actually, I talked myself into it. I think they get healthy and they rally to like a seven and ten 6-11, and 11, which gets them second place in the division. Then I'll go Eagles. I'm going to put the Washington football team last place. I don't know. Uh, to me, their defense has been the most disappointing unit in the entire NFL uh, compared to what I expected them to be. They're just getting gouged all over the place. Offense has been what it's supposed to be. I, I think that these three teams are all going to finish within two games of each other at the bottom of this division. It's just going to be whoever does the best against the other teams. But I could see it playing out anyway. So I'm going to go with what I think is the, uh, the most exciting to watch scenario for me. What about you, Zach? This is your division. Well, I mean, Cowboys are going to win it. I trust the coaching on the Washington football team. I do think they'll be able to turn it around. I think a lot of the young guys will be able to pick it up. You know, maybe when Fitzpatrick comes back, he could – Get the ball rolling a little bit. Um, the Eagles, I just, I don't know. It's just such a boring division. And then the Giants, I mean. I said this the other day, or yesterday. I don't know what potential head coach has ruined their stock more in the NFL this year by their terrible play calling than Patrick Graham. Because that guy was getting legitimate interviews to be a head coach last year. And the Giants have given up 177 points over six games, over 30 points per game. It's honestly disgusting. I could just go throughout the team. You know, Daniel Jones looked good before last, I mean, this past week's meltdown. Saquon's hurt again. The entire skill position unit is banged up. The line is just, I don't even want to talk about it, man, because it's going to piss me off. Like, you know, like, Dave Gettleman, like, you've done fucking terrible at your job. Let me just say that right now. Like, this dude is like, we're going to feel like he's just lied through his teeth. He said all this bullshit about, oh, we're on the right path. No, you're not right on the right path. You don't know what you're doing. They completely pillaged the cap space. They, Dave Gettleman, which I mean, listen, I get it. He understands he's on the hot seat. He's going to be spending all the money trying to build a team that could, ooh, maybe sneak into the sixth or the seventh seed. And what is it done? We're one in fucking five. We had to restructure James Bradbury's deal. We, you know, we had to sign a couple of extensions, and we have three point six million in cap space right now. And it's it's just embarrassing. It really is. And you know, they had this ceremony yesterday for you know it's been ten years since we won the Super Bowl. 2011 and John Merritt even come out to the field like that's embarrassing bro like the, you own the team I don't care who cares if you're gonna get booed like take that shit on the chin I don't know man I'm just fed up with this team I can keep going on and on Bradbury doesn't look as good Logan Ryan sucks Jabril Peppers is not playing like it's a contract year and it's just it's just fucking embarrassing and it pisses me off 
Strong takes. Strong takes over here from my man, Zach. I feel you, man. Uh, I'm, I'm with you in a uh, rough football year. I, I say we just scrap the whole year. It's just, some, it's just embarrassing. But like, I do think there are some signs there. I think Gettleman, for everything that he's not as a team builder, he's at least a very good scout. So you got exciting players. I mean, Kadarius Tony really does look electric when he's healthy. I, I think Saquon, if you get good coaching around Saquon, there's pieces here where I could see next year this being a good Bro, football I'm, team with the right changes. I'm kind of like out on re-signing Saquon at this point. These injuries. Yeah, it's, up. it's tough. You have to pay him a lot of money because he is Saquon Barkley. So yeah. I do get that. There'll be a fun, there'll be a really interesting team to watch what happens with their coaching staff, with their general manager. And they, they could look remarkably different next year. I will say that NFC South. Tampa Buccaneers looking very good at five and one cruising for the most part. Uh, Saints at three and two looking well coached, if nothing else. Uh, one of the most injured teams in the NFL. Good chance to get a lot of players back and make a run at it. Panthers at three and three. Still 22 points ahead in that. Haven't had Chris McCaffrey back yet, which running backs aren't the hugest, most important thing. Chris McCaffrey does matter for a defensive play calling. Defense, a little banged up, but some exciting pieces there. You know I love them. Falcons, two and three. Better than I expected after week one. Zach, you get to go first on this one. How do you see this playing out? It feels kind of cut and dry to me, man. Like, the way it is right now, like, you know, I'm not trying to be lazy. I know we got to – I know, I'm sorry. I just had my little uh, meltdown that's been boiling up for, you know, since early September, but – yeah, I mean, the way it is right now, the Bucks are the best team. The Saints, they could squeak into the playoffs, as is. I kind of le- think that they do. Panthers, you know, I know you've been high on them because you like to make your little Seattle connection. They have Scott Fitterer, blah, 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 all that shit. But I'm, I'm just not Fitter's bought into that dude. He's that dude. He's, he's really uh, Sam Darnold is uh, he's a, uh, a, a man. He is, undeniably. I He's definitely a man. He's definitely <laughs> of a uh, – yeah. And uh, the Falcons in last. So the way it is right now, I mean, injuries would have to happen. The Saints are the most bipolar team, though, in the entire NFL. Like, I've, I'm not putting any legit – I think we said this on the betting show last week. I'm not putting any, like, legit money on any of their games. Yeah, it, it's it's tough. It's tough to know what you're going to get, and especially with Jameis Winston at quarterback and then just randomly throwing in Taysom Hill, like – it's so random. I think they will get better, at least from a you know on field standpoint. They're getting a lot of legitimate stars back. Uh, I think it's got to go Buccaneers. I'm going to take the Panthers just for the sake of rolling with my guys. I, I think I, I like that coaching staff just a lot. I think there's really good coaching across. I am an Arthur Smith guy still. I like Matt Rule a lot. I think anyone in their right mind, like Bruce Arians, and uh, yeah, it's just a Sean Payton. I almost forgot to mention very good coach division. I think the Panthers and the saints could go ne- go one way or the other. Who knows? I do think the Falcons are pretty clearly the last Buccaneers going to be in first place. And last but not least, we've got my NFC West right now. The Cardinals with a strong six and O lead in the division lead in overall football Rams at five and one looking very good. Couple close games, but looking very strong 49ers at two and three. And my Seattle Seahawks at two and four could very easily have been four and two, five and one. But a couple more weeks without Russell Wilson is uh, that's a tough ask, especially with our defense. 
Daryl Taylor, who'd actually played incredibly well, had a very serious looking neck injury in the game, had to be carted off. Uh, that, that was rough. He's looked like a first round pick and losing him is going to be tough for our pass rush. So it, I could easily see us finishing last in the division. I, I think if I'm picking it right now, I'm going to pick the Rams to win the division, picking Cardinals to finish second. I'll pick Seahawks third at Russ Wilson will be back and, you know, I just don't really believe in this 49ers team particularly strongly. So I'll pick the 49ers finish last in the division. Yeah, I mean, going back to that Darrell Taylor, I mean, that was very scary, especially, you know, against like a Pittsburgh team that saw like Mike Tomlin seen that before firsthand with Ryan Shazier. But luckily all the reports are that Darrell Taylor said today he only has like a sore neck. So, I mean – I'm not expecting him to see. He was moving his toes as they stretched him out. It was a bunch of caution, but it was yeah. it was scary. It was like a 20-minute game pause type situation yeah. with that moving. It was – I've seen it happen live with uh, – it was Ricardo Lockett who did have his career and didn't – could have – had. there was a chance for a while that he might have died. So, yeah. you just – you they're the injuries you really hate seeing. Nah, but – yeah, I mean, luckily Taylor is okay. Luckily, you know, seems like he'll make a full recovery. I'm going to go with the Rams first team here. You know, I be- I do believe in the Cardinals as a legitimate, like, contending team because of Kyler Murray. Like, I feel like Kyler Murray has become, you know, I still feel like he's underrated. And you could be like, oh, he's second in MVP odds. I don't, I, I don't know. I don't know, man. I feel like a lot of people would not have him as a top six quarterback. Like, if I were, like, naming top six quarterbacks, I don't think Kyler would be. I feel like a lot of people would say Mahomes, Rodgers, Brady, Dak, you know, Ross when he's healthy, obviously. Lamar. A lot of people would say Lamar. Yeah. And I feel like Kyler Murray's played to that level and more this year. So. Did get hurt, but, I believe, last week. Yeah. I think he's going to continue to play, but. Yeah. Worth yeah. worth monitoring because it happened yeah, last definitely. year and they went from like five and one to whatever they finished last year. Like. Yeah. Hopefully uh, Cliff Kingsbury doesn't lose any brain cells this year. Uh Hopefully, also hopefully, Kings, Cliff Kingsbury, you know, makes a full recovery from COVID. It looks like, you know, him and Steve Kime got it. But anyway, I have the Rams first. I have the Cardinals second. I'm going to go with the 49ers over the Seahawks for third over fourth. Sorry, bro. I don't know. I was just super high on the Niners. I trust, I trust Shanahan more than, you know, Shane Waldron and the offense and you know you know Geno Smith people could say he did not I mean he didn't look god awful last week but he was fine for backup yeah he was bang average so I don't know I think Trey Lance takes a couple steps and you know just that scheming on the offense by Kyle Shanahan but yeah that's about it yeah feels feels uh well within the realm of possibility there I think we saw it mostly eye to eye there uh just for the sake of let's just do uh, one last pick of, uh, you know, Super Bowl. You want to go first or second here? I'll go first. I'll just say my pick right now. Um, I will still go Chiefs over Packers because both teams are – well, the Chiefs aren't, but I'm not saying – yeah, I'm going to stick with my preseason pick. Why? Okay. You, you wouldn't hedge already, would you? I'm hedging a little bit. Yeah, I'm going to switch it very slightly just because I think this is the most fun scenario for me. As a lifelong Tom Brady fan, uh, I, I'm going to pick keep the Buccaneers. I'm going to pick them now over the Bills. Where just one last time, he causes that fan base tremendous suffering. So, uh, yeah, this was fun, man. Uh, we're hitting right up to an hour and a half, which is kind of our goal. So, felt good about it. Want to say thanks to everybody for listening. 
We appreciate you as always. Appreciate all the five-star reviews we're getting. Appreciate all the downloads, clicks. Again, you can find Zach at NFL underscore Deets on Twitter at Juicy Deets NFL. You can find me at Juicy underscore Jensen. Zach, as always, pleasure to have you on. Pleasure talking to you. I am sorry about the Giants causing you so much distress, especially Jason Garrett and the bizarro Dave Gettleman. As always, I hope you guys rebound nicely. And, uh, you know, I really uh, I, hope I, I get to see more Kadarius Tony. Yeah. I mean, Tony's look good. Him and Jamar Chase have made, you know, the preseason. You know, people love to divine, define things that happen in the preseason. But, you know, he's proven a lot of people wrong. But as Alex alluded to, appreciate all you guys, you know, leaving reviews and stuff. And, yeah, I mean, we definitely have big plans for this podcast. Ideally, you know, going to keep doing these prospect overviews or rankings Maybe do like a mailbag within like a month or something like that. If we get like some questions or something, you know, we could we could do whatever you want. I, we also might have a uh, I haven't run this by Alex, but I might have a guest on with us for a uh, NFL trade deadline pod that we might do one week. So, trade yeah, deadline yeah. pod. I'm into it, and yeah. I know we've talked just the other day about a couple guests that we've been uh, looking forward to getting on in a little bit here. So. We decided we'll be back with you on, uh, I believe, Thursday, as always, with our betting lines podcast. If not Thursday, Friday morning. We record it before Thursday game starts. Good week for us last week. Looking forward to uh, doing a couple victory laps uh, there for both of us. So, again, thank you for listening. Appreciate your time. Appreciate you, Zach. Signing off. Not for the money and it's not for the applause, uh, no. Let's uh, put the noise plate section. You know, I look around, I look like